0: listening to
1: Without Borders, Conversations with Kingdom Fame." This podcast is designed to find out what God is doing in His Kingdom with and through His people.
0: Hello everyone and uh, welcome to the show. I'm Jonathan Vining. I'm just your host here on Without Borders and I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Uh, His name is Dave Scrooge, and I'm just so happy to have him on with us, and we're just going to have a great conversation today just about life and and what the Lord has called him to do, and yeah, so thanks for being on, Dave.
1: You're so welcome, yes, and and, uh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: You're so very welcome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, why don't you just
0: take a couple minutes, just kind of tell tell people who you are and and just a just kind of what you're all about and well I, let me start with this so Dave and I met has it been about
1: a year a year ago I think so i'm probably about a year and yeah uh, baby it was probably like a year and in, in january so a year and about a couple months
0: okay so we met about a year ago and and it was it was actually a very special kind of relationship i think that the lord just kind of dropped right away because uh, we could connect we i felt like we connected very easily uh we had a lot a lot just to talk about and and really i think it's one of these relationships that the lord's kind of uh brought together for a special reason and i'm excited to really really cultivate it and see what the lord has planned for us so <laughs> um all right so yeah, just just take a couple minutes and just explain kind of who you are and 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 what you do
1: okay well uh, I was a on a ministry staff of a church a large church uh, here in Milwaukee Wisconsin for 24 years and then um, that career that that was really kind of neat the way the Lord was telling me my season is ending there. And, you know, yeah, two years before it ended, uh, my season's ending. And he's been really telling me really nicely and gently that, yep, yeah, my season's over. And then finally it ended. And it ended on a high note, which is really cool. Because I think in many, uh, for those who work in a church, there's a lot of times when they don't end on a high note. And, uh, and so then... Uh, I had some time of just needing to spend time with the Lord because when you work at a church, especially a large one, you're going twenty-four-seven. You're, you, you know, and it's just long hours. And what was really special is after that season ended, the Lord's given me a wonderful, like about a year and a half of just time with Him, just special time with Him. And so who I who I really am. Um, the Lord gave me, uh, Romans, uh, chapter one, verse one and two really as telling me this is who I am. And I'm going to just read Romans and I think you'll understand it. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ. And so the Lord is telling me that I'm a servant of Christ. And when I looked into this servant and it really means bond servant or slave type bond servant of Christ in a good way, um, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in holy scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was descended of David and through who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God. And, and the Lord has, has pointed out a few things to me that I'm a servant of Christ. I'm set apart for the gospel of God. And also that he's given me prophetic giftings. And so that's been always kind of my, um, how would you say it? That's who I really am. And what I do right now is I love on people. He's been teaching me this this journey for this last year and a half, almost two years now, is this journey of loving people. And uh, he told me, this is kind of interesting, he told me clearly a while back that that in order for me to be sent, because I've been going, what do I do, Lord? What do I do? I'm not working this church anymore. What do I do? In order to be sent, I need to learn to love. And I went, I thought I loved people, Lord. <laughs> it's turning out that he's teaching me how to love, and it's wonderful. It's like we needed this time to, um, to um, just... For him to show me his love and so that's what I'm doing but are also preparing to go on the mission field um and do we have a little time here John for just quick little story how this all happened going on the mission field yeah
0: I was gonna I was gonna ask you that next like what you know kind of what uh how did the Lord call you to to the missions field or how did the Lord really kind of say hey hey David or hey Dave this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Like, so Absolutely. how did, how did that yep. occur? How, you know, give us, give us sure. a little bit about, about how that, because you're actually going to be coming here to, to, uh, to volunteer and to work with the, with the ministry that I work with. Uh, That's right. The ministry yep. with our friends, um, our leaders, Tom, uh, Tom and, and Jen Atwater at 911 life. And yet we're excited, but I would love to hear kind of how the Lord's
1: just like, Hey, this is, this is the path that I want you to take. Absolutely. Um, w- my wife and I, we were married in 1979 and just a few months into our marriage in 79. And it went an early 19, 19- a new job. I started a job like January 2nd, 1980. And, uh, within about a week of starting that new job, um, I get a call from uh, a leader in our church saying, David, we need somebody to uh, help out. And my dad was a welding instructor, so he taught me how to weld. We need a welder for um, a team we're putting together, a construction team in Columbia, South America, for some missionaries out in Via Vicencio, uh, Colombia. And um, uh, would you, you're a welder, we see that on your little form here. Um, would you be willing to join this team? And Wendy could come along. I'm going, ah, uh, okay. And I remember shaking. Like I stepped out in faith. I went, okay. And then I hung up and I looked at Wendy and she said, let's pray. She was excited already <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I went, okay, this is a confirmation. Uh, when your new bride of uh, less a couple weeks is like all excited going to Columbia, South America, and so um, I never had a passport. I never had, uh, they said, oh, yeah, you gotta, you got to raise, you know, like it was quite a lot of money at the time uh, for 1970. It was $3,000 a piece, um, I do believe. And um, uh, 1980, I mean, excuse me, 1980. And so anyhow, <clears throat> I just put it in the Lord's hands. Two weeks later, two weeks later, we're on an airplane on Avianca, Heading to uh, Columbia, South America. That's how quick they wanted to put. Was it two weeks? Maybe it was three weeks later. I had everything. I had all the money. I just don't know where it all came from. It just came, and um, I had a passport. In those days, you could get a passport the same day if you w- went down to the uh, to a, a government office. And so I got a passport, and uh, you know, it was amazing. Plus. In those days, airlines were regulated, so Avianca goofed up on our flight seats, so they gave us first class. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I mean, you can't make this
1: stuff up, Dave. No, I can't. <laughs> I mean, and it's the first and last time I've ever been in first class in my life. And so we we fly to Columbia, just so a smooth trip. We get to We get to Bogota. And we we just went through customs and we just they just checked our suitcases and and this this little guy meets us this, this short man uh, who's a, a leader of this mission agency there in in Bogota, going are you are you the team from uh, from such you know the church that I belong to and I said yeah yeah well, that's it's us, He says well why are you here, what well you asked us to come, <laughs> you know and he said oh but. But we just we sent in those days. They didn't have fax. They didn't have this is 1980. They didn't have computers like laptops or anything like that. And all they had was Western Union cablegram or telegram. And so, you know, we we sent you a a a, a Western Union uh, telegram not to come, and because um, the M nineteen. Uh, has been really active in Bogota right now. That was a, a the, that's the precursor to FARC, I do believe, the M19, and um, they they've been targeting the missionaries. They just captured a missionary called Chet Bitterman, and and um, they're threatening to kill him, and and they're trying to, to capture it. They got a hit list. They've published in the paper of people they're trying to uh, to um, kidnap, and and um, they want the missionaries out of Colombia. And uh, and I said it's it's dangerous here. And but then he looks at us and says, "Well, since you're here, <laughs> let's put you to work." And I said, "I got to just tell you though that that uh, in that there's all sorts of missionaries in Columbia who've had their houses literally blown up, literally been uh, with the high explosives, and they're homeless and they're living where you're going to go to this guest house, this missionary guest house." You're going to go there, and it's going to be pretty crowded because there's there's displaced missionaries there, and uh, so we went. Okay, we're in. Thank you, Lord. All right. So we, he takes us from the airport to his guest house. We get to the guest house, and he wasn't kidding. The place was full, of of uh, displaced missionaries, and and some of them were traumatized, and it was like, wow, this is, you know. And so they they usher us in real quickly. And he take us to a, uh, take Wendy and I to a little room. It's right in the front, right by the front door. And I says, "Well, this is the only space we have. It's pretty crowded in here, so you guys can sleep in here. You and Wendy can sleep. My wife and I can sleep in here. And um, but um, we're using this office as a little like lookout post. We have t- uh, we're gonna have a guard right there by the window. Uh, uh, you know, another missionary, uh, 24/7, looking out that window. And if a suspicious package comes over to the fence or is placed by the front door, uh, we're going to sound alarm and you are all to run to the back, like real quickly. We're going to practice right now. Okay. So put your suitcases down and practice. And, uh, I look at Wendy, you know, and she looks at me and I, and she looks at me. She says, David, let's pray. And I'm looking over her shoulder And there's a, the doorway, this little doorway that we came in for this little room, you know, it was probably a small little office or something. I'm looking there and there's Jesus just leaning against the doorway, you know, the door jam way and just looking at me. And I've never seen anything like that before. And I'm going, wow, I was just, just, Kind of this, like uh, pew sitter, kind of uh, at church, kind of laid back, kind of love to just come but not like do anything. Uh, I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but I um, would just love to just do nothing at church. <laughs> that
0: resonates. That resonates with me. <laughs> That's how I yeah. was. Too. Let me and just here, ask you. Let me just ask you one oh, question. Yeah. Sure. What did Jesus look like when you saw him?
1: Yeah, he was just a person uh, with a a robe on, and he just calm and serene, and just looked at me. Kind of a the best I could say is a little smile, you know. And and he just looked at me though. But and what's amazing was nothing was spoken. I didn't hear him say anything. He didn't open his mouth. But this amazing peace came on me. It just came into my heart, into my soul, into my being. And I have it to this day. It's just amazing, amazing peace. And it's it's just, it's just unshakable. And another thing happened is when I, and, and I'm looking at Jesus and I'm hearing Wendy say, let's pray. It's all of a sudden the importance of prayer. I never was, you know, Well, it was. I prayed, you know. But it's like it took on a new meaning. The prayer just, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it just went into high gear in my heart. It it took on importance, and so we prayed one night. Prayed, and um, well, to make a long story short, that 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 night um, they came. uh, Rather than uh, planting the bomb, they tried to break in, and and there was these two doors steel doors uh front doors and um um, i don't remember a lot of this part because i i slept through the whole thing i didn't hear it (laughs) we're right next to it you know and i get up in the morning everybody's all excited oh yeah, yeah they tried to break in you know and stuff and the the first door they got through but the second door held and we were praying last night that that door would hold and all that, and it held you know and they gave up and um the um That morning and breakfast, we're sitting at a breakfast table and there's this newspaper and Wendy's looking at the newspaper and then she's looking at the guy across from us and she's looking at the newspaper and they had this hit list of people they wanted to to, uh, kidnap uh, actually to execute. And right on almost on the top of the list was the guy sitting across the table (laughs) from us. (laughs) Oh, okay. Wow. Well, you know what? We had fun that whole week. It was calm. It was, we were followed. You know, we knew that. But it was like, so what? You know, it, it, this peace just was on me. It was on Wendy. And during that week, Wendy and I um, both independently realized that we're going to be missionaries someday. Um, we thought we would go back home. This is funny. On the way home, when, and we have no kids yet. We didn't have a single kid. And we're on the way home, and Wendy looks at me, and we she look and I look at her, and she says, "Yeah, uh, I I feel called to be a missionary." And Wendy's going, "Yeah, me too." You know, and she told her story, I told my story, and how it happened, and what point and stuff. And so we go back, <clears throat> and we go to our uh, church missions pastor, you know. And we said, oh, we're going to be missionaries, you know, all right, you know. And, and, he, and he starts saying, well, have you had any Bible school? I went, uh, no. Uh, have, you know, He'd have you had this? And no, no. And went, well, um, I don't think you should apply for missions right now. We're going, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Well, all right. So five years later. Wendy and I are on our knees every, almost every day, saying, "When, Lord? When do we go? When do we go? When do we go?" And then, about three years after that Columbia uh, trip, we went back a couple times, by the way. After uh, you know, and that, and it helped. It was fun. We always had a great time.
0: Just like on a short term, yeah, trip? All, yeah,
1: all short term, two weekers, you know, two weeks uh, in Bogota, via Vincio, in a place called Fusagasaga, uh, which is over the the rim. You know, Bogota's like a big volcano. Uh, crater, you know, and you go over the rim and on the opposite side of the town. And uh, we, uh, you know, uh, three years into it, we try to sell our house. We apply for mission agencies. We're turned down. uh, Our house doesn't sell. I mean, we tried selling, you know, we went, okay, you know, this isn't the time. So we backed off. Uh, And then um, three years, five years later, or four, I, I take that back four years later, excuse me, you know, and three kids later, we just had three babies (laughs) right in a row. Um, We apply again. We just, we really sensed in our hearts that this was time to go. Our house sold the first day we put it on the market. I don't know how many, I think we had three or four offers on the house. Um, And Everything fell into place, mission agency, two mission, different missionary agencies accepted us. And, uh, you know, it was when we, had to ch- we were able to choose, you know, and that, that was new for us. So then we ended up going to the Philippines as missionaries uh, for about six and a quarter years and raised our small children there and had all sorts of exciting, interesting ventures. But I, I, but I want to get back to Columbia. How, how are now to Columbia?
0: Sure, because because um, you have you have come back from the Philippines now, and you've been working at a church
1: since then. Yeah, or? For okay, twenty four years. Straight. Okay,
0: okay. And now, and now the Lord's saying, go back to Columbia. Well, I'll so, tell you
1: yeah. what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You know, Jesus sitting at the door. You know this that that image uh, about oh a year ago. I'm just sitting here praying, and I'm seeing this. It's like an open vision. I'm seeing Jesus at that door, and, I, and I'm prompted to look at the door, and I'm seeing that Jesus is holding the door open. I'm going, oh this, you've been holding the door open for us to go to Columbia. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and he's still holding it open. I can even see it right now. I can see Jesus. It's, he's, he's got a shoulder on the door. He's leaning against the door and he's blocking it. So it can't close. And he's, he's like, almost like waving us through the door. Like, come, you know, come. Oh, that's I'm going, so cool. So I, I realized about a year ago that he's calling us back to Columbia, and that's be- before you guys, you know, even before nine one one existed, or you know. And I think shortly after that is when I came down and met you, right? Either before that, you know, or I can't remember the, the timing of it right now. Yeah, I,
0: you know, I I feel like it was in the summer, like June or July, or something. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Think, so. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. it hasn't
1: quite been a year yet, yeah, I can't I can't quite remember, but um, yeah, I... so 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 that so then I knew I needed to wait on Wendy. You know, I could have said, "Hey, we're going to Columbia, South America, but I learned, and this is advice for husband and wives. Um, is you both have to be on board, and you got to let the Holy Spirit work independently and not force things because uh, when we were in the Philippines, we met missionaries who's either the wife was gung ho for missions, but the husband wasn't, or the husband was gung ho for missions and the wife wasn't. And they weren't very effective (laughs) there. They were kind of divided and you could see the hardship, you know, uh, when you got close to them uh, uh, being divided. And so I, I needed to wait for Wendy and I just, and that's what happened. I just waited, you know, and eventually it was like a yes for her you know, um, it was a different, yes. Mine was like, I've seen this Jesus just like holding the door open, blocking the door and waving, like come through, come through. For Wendy, I think it was totally different. And you'd have to hear her story. <laughs> so, you know that. Um, and I think it was more of an impression with her or something, you know, very deep, deep inside. Um, and so that's how we got, uh, We're and so then... Things are falling into place. I mean, yeah. we uh, applied for mission agency, got accepted. I think we're at the same one with you.
0: Yeah. Same, same yeah, one. Yeah, we're with yeah. Uh, Modern Day in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, Modern Day. They're a
1: great, yeah. Yeah, we got all great mission, of, oh, and, and and great mission are, agency. Yeah. yeah. And we saw this um, when we went to the Philippines. Is when I stopped striving. like I tried to manufacture support. I tried to manufacture contacts and friendships. It doesn't work. I just, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want? What do you want? Just what do you want me to do today? And that's what's happening. And things are just falling into place. So thank you, Lord.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, and that's part of the missionary journey is is this raising support process. And, and we strive, we look for contacts and, and different things. But really, it's just asking the Lord, it is, you know, just saying where, where can I go next?
1: Yep. And, yep.
0: and who needs to hear from us? And I mean, there's an aspect of partnering, like we can't just sit around and, and, and sit around and sit around and do nothing because obviously, <laughs> you know, we're, we're called to partner with the Lord in, in whatever he wants us to do. But yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, support raising is definitely one of the challenges. Let me let me just ask you this. Um so everyone kind of knows, well most people kind of know like the difficulties of of getting to the mission's field and and being called to be missionaries, like obviously leaving your family, mm-hmm. raising mm-hmm. support, um leaving a a country and a culture that you know well. Like these are all the things that <laughs> that are challenging, that are difficult. Uh, but the Lord has called us to to do these things. So maybe, you, what are some of the blessings that you have received out of this? Maybe speak oh, a little bit into wow. that. Like like instead of like the hardships, like this is hard raising support. This is hard leaving my family. This is hard <laughs> leaving my culture. It's hard learning a language, mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. language. Like, yeah. But there's these blessings that come along with taking these steps, like maybe, maybe give a couple of testimonies about the about those.
1: Sure, uh, I'm going to start with the the very the very first blessing that um, I experienced when we first started raising support way back in the the Philippines. You know, going to the Philippines was it was fun for me. It was fun to trust the Lord, and and the trusting the Lord was like exciting because. It was peaceful. You know, that peace I was telling you it was part of that that amazing peace. Is okay, God's got this covered. All right, we'll just wait and be surprised. And, oh, you know, yeah, I got invited here. I got invited there to talk and all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> But what was neat was trust. And then that trust got built. And, boy, when we were in the Philippines, was that trust n- needing to be, it was tested. I mean, we went through a couple coup d'etats. I mean, right in our street right in front of our house. And um, <clears throat> it was kind of a violent, these were violent coup, coup d'etats. So. Sure. Um, and and with our children and we had to trust, you know, our children getting malaria and, and you know, we just had, we were just, you know, in it. But I'll tell you what the blessing was, trusting for me. And this trust is fun and I like it. I prefer it. I prefer to just trust him in this, and we've developed. Him and I have developed now where I can hear him. I mean, in those days I didn't hear him that well. Now it seems like I'm hearing him clearly. Oh, I got that covered, Dave. Okay, all right, Lord. And so there's <laughs> this this peace, and you can go on and have fun throughout the day. And that, and and even I don't know how to describe it, but it's like all right, and, and it, we're getting our bills paid. You know, support's coming in. And I'm not done a lot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> People, the Lord's raising up advocates for us, you know, and it's like, wow, thank you, Lord. So trust is one. Um, I think one of the other blessings <clears throat> has been the relationship with the Lord. Especially yeah. with the Father. Just a dear, dear relationship, uh, not only because of trust, but um, I know that we're on the right track. He tells us all the time that this is the way he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. And so there's such peace with that. There's no uncertainty, you know? And and so I'm going, even going to Costa Rica, Lord, to, for a year to learn language school, you're sure you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, cool. Let's We're going to have fun in Costa Rica. And um, I can't. I, I gotta ask you which shore is the better one—is it the Caribbean side or the other one? But that'll be a later conversation, yeah. off, <laughs> you know, a conversation. Where you can edit that out. Yeah,
0: but,
1: no, uh, no, that's no, that's that's cool. We're
0: real people here, you know. There's, there's, yeah. <laughs> we have a priority list, okay? Exactly. have the beaches.
1: Oh, my wife loves beaches. Wendy. No, loves but
0: beaches. I can totally relate to to exactly what you're saying about just this call to to be a missionary because there it is a difficult thing it's and and right away like that's what you're hit with a lot of times right away especially if you're thinking about being a missionary if you're thinking about going to a foreign country like you're hit with the difficulties you're hit with the i have to learn a new language I have to learn, mm-hmm. you know, I have to leave this country. I have to leave my family, you know. <laughs> like there's just this you're hit with the difficulties, but the plus side of it has is just something that that far outweighs the difficulties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. like
0: for me like I, the trust thing is definitely the trust and peace, just like I- exactly what you said. That's, it's been the same for me. Like, like I trust God cause I've seen him come through in big ways. Like my trust is built. My faith is built. And because of this trust relationship I have, not only, not only can I, can I serve better, but I can t- step out even more and take these risks you know this exactly. risk for I can risk even more yep. for him yep. than Nick, cool. than I could before and then yeah. the relationship with the father i mean because you're like you're doing something that people don't want to do you're coming to a country where where the poverty level is is huge you know and you are coming here to love people who just aren't loved by society. You're coming here to love on people who are just wondering where their next meal is coming from. Yeah. You know, and that's the father's heart. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Every time we go and minister like to, to, to homeless or to people in need, like, as soon as we get to the place we're going to minister, like, you can just feel, like, especially the homeless areas, like, you can just feel the presence of God so thick in those areas because mm. he loves these people so much that his presence is so heavy in these areas where, where they're poor, in these areas where they're just doing drugs all the time, because this is his heart. Like, this is yeah. the Father's heart. It, yeah. It's for these people. Yeah. And yeah. to be a part of it is just such a blessing for us.
1: Isn't that amazing? Isn't
0: that amazing? I agree, you know, <laughs> Yeah, hey, why don't you just uh just pray a blessing over over people uh, you know, as as we close this
1: podcast, okay? Okay, alrighty. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your presence, I thank you for your love, I thank you for you, your existence and who you are. And I and I just pray this blessing now for all the different uh, folks that are going to hear this, and and, and I'm going to pray this blessing for them. I play, pray a blessing. I, I bless their, I pray a blessing in righteousness, in peace, and in joy in the Holy Spirit for each and every one. Because there's nothing like it with that righteousness, with that peace, and with that joy that comes through righteousness and peace but also in and through the Holy Spirit. So I pray this blessing for everybody. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for your kindness. And I thank you for the the journeys you have for each person you have, Lord, good and perfect works already prepared in heaven for every one of these folks that are hearing this. And it's for them to bring down through you and with you and, and, and by you as a partnership and together. So I just pray for this, all these things, these neat heaven things now to get on earth here. And I, I bless each and every one in their journey on on bringing them down, bringing the things that, that the Lord has prepared and doing the works and the ministries and the different things that, that good and perfect works you have prepared for everybody. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your death and resurrection and ascension. And uh, also thank you, uh, Abba Father for your love for each and every one of us and your, your, your living stream of love that just flows out from your heart and through the different missionaries and through the different individuals. And I want to thank you that people are learning that and accepting it, but also, Lord, through faith, they are um, believing and trusting, but also growing in you and closer to you. And so I also pray that blessing of a closer relationship for each and everyone who hears this podcast. In your name, Jesus, amen.
0: Amen. Hey, thank you so much, uh, Dave, for being on the show. It was such a blessing hearing some of your stories. And thank you, everybody, for, uh, for listening and some, taking some time to get to know uh, Dave.
1: Thank you for listening to Without Borders, conversations with Kingdom families.